Welcome everyone to Class Half Full. I'm your host, Jordan. And I'm your host, Ben. We are both lovers of classical music and want to share the fun and accessible side of it through this podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and like us on social media to stay up to date on all of our new episodes and content. The links are in the description, as well as the link to this episode's companion YouTube playlist, where you can find the full recordings of every piece we listen to today. If you have any questions on how to use the playlist, there will also be a tutorial video on our YouTube account. Before we get started, we'd like to acknowledge that some of the topics we cover may be foreign to many of our listeners, so please feel free and even encouraged to reach out via comments, email, or social media with any questions or requests for future episodes. Please enjoy, thanks for listening, and welcome to Class Half Full. Welcome back to Class Half Full. Today we are going to be talking about the woodwind instruments and their roles in classical music. Mm-hmm. So by woodwind we mean flute, clarinet, bassoon, and oboe primarily. Correct. Um, but in the typical woodwind quintet, there actually also includes a French horn. Yeah, weird. Mm-hmm. But Super weird. Um, as we're going to talk about, the woodwind quintet is a very interesting ensemble and it kind of defies the, uh, the standard model. Mm-hmm. that we've been talking about in chamber music. Right. So in a string quartet, there's definitely a lot more blend between the instruments because they all are just made the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, they all just look like a violin or a giant violin. Yeah. And um, a brass ensemble, it's all... They're all shiny. They're all brass instruments, so they also have a similar timbre to all of them. Mm-hmm. So the blend of sound is really easy in both of those two groups. Yeah. But in a woodwind quartet or quintet, a woodwind quintet, um, there is a really wide variety of sounds being mm-hmm. played in that same ensemble. Yeah, I mean, the instruments themselves are also just so different uh, just because they all produce sound in a different way. Right. Um, so, for example, the trumpet and the trombone in the brass family, basically you just vibrate your lips and then you vibrate your lips vibrate the instrument and that creates the sound. Mm-hmm. So the method of sound production is the same for all the brass instruments. But with woodwinds, you have flutes where you're blowing air into the flute and uh, vibrating the whole flute itself, and that's what's making the sound. Um, And then the clarinet, where there's a small piece of wood or a reed attached to the mouthpiece, and that uh, primarily vibrates, and then that, in turn, resonates the whole instrument. So, Mm -hmm. And then you have the French horn, too, so it's Mm -hmm. really three different styles of... there's actually four because then the oboe and the bassoon are both double reed instruments Mm, so instead of uh, the clarinet has one reed right Mm -hmm. but the double reed just means that uh, you take two of those reeds and you stack them on top of each other and you tie them together with like (laughs) a wire and a string and then that goes um, inside or on uh, connects to the instrument itself Mm -hmm. and that makes uh, a different kind of sound so right so if you have four different kinds of sounds, four different sound productions, uh, you're going to end up with an ensemble that is probably a little harder to get a nice homogenous blended sound. Right, right. Right. So I think basically what we've um, discovered from these composers is that they seem to kind of embrace that mm-hmm. in that they um, are interested in the juxtaposition of the sounds. So it sounds yeah. a little bit more to me like um, sort of a... Um, solo piece for each like each instrument is a soloist rather than a group necessarily yeah i feel like with with um string quartet and brass quintet you kind of get this giant ocean of sound that's Mm -hmm. it really 
uh, it can be really like swooping and uh, you can just kind of like get washed up in the sound, you know? Right. It's kind of hard to describe. But with the woodwind uh, instruments and the woodwind quintet, it's much more uh, quirky and interesting sounding. It grabs your ear a little more. You're maybe not expecting the right. things that, that you hear. Yeah. So in this first piece, we're going to um, play the Serenade in B-flat major by Wolfgang Amadeus Ma- Mozart, um, otherwise known as the Grand Partita. And I think in this piece, you can really hear that um, the oboe and the clarinet both have the leading roles. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds almost kind of operatic, as if it's like two lovers um, <laughs> singing to each other. On the rooftops. On the rooftops <laughs> in the city of Paris uh-huh. or something. Um <laughs> But yeah, you can really hear the juxtaposition of the sound that a clarinet makes and the sound that a um, oboe, oboe makes. Yeah. So that's something that um, yeah. I listen for when I listen to this piece. Totally. But let's check it out. It sounds very standard, very much like um, any other Mozartian um, chamber piece. Yeah, let's listen. so interesting because um you almost are just waiting for the strings to come in Mm -hmm. yeah but it's also i noticed you can hear all of the parts that you would hear in a full chamber orchestra with strings as well Mm -hmm. um being played by the woodwind woodwind instruments because we actually just do double the woodwinds i mean the cello part and the bassoon part are almost always identical Mm mm-hmm so you don't really need both. It's just more for the extra sounds, not yeah. for the musical The types of sound. Parts. Timbers, yeah. Right. Um, yeah, so this piece is uh, written for two oboes, two clarinets, two basset horns, uh, which are just early relatives of the clarinet, uh, two bassoons, four French horns, and a double bass. And the double bass is a string instrument, mm-hmm. um, but sometimes it is subbed out for the contrabassoon, which is basically just a giant bassoon. Yeah. And it plays really low notes. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. It's really cool. Super cool. Um, but yeah, that's a pretty standard way of playing it with the with the string bass as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know why exactly. Um, but they do that in like jazz ensembles too. The yeah. bass is the only string instrument. Um, I, I'd imagine it's just because, like you were saying before, uh, there's no real uh, standard bass woodwind instrument yeah. like the tuba or the string bass are pretty obvious very for their families but and the contrabassoon 
is also kind of like the the bassist, most bass instrument, <laughs> bassist, the bassist, bassist of the woodwind, uh, the woodwind family. But yeah, it's also just a really expensive instrument, first of all, and not very common. The contrabassoon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're really, really expensive. There's some cool pieces with them, though, with the contrabassoon. Oh yeah. Um, but let's let's move on to a more standard um, wind quintet. So we'll hear the actual wind quintet ensemble that we talked about. Yeah. Um, and this is by com- composer Carl Nielsen. Uh-huh. Um, and this sounds much more like the standard wind, woodwind quintet that you would hear. Um, it's not like Mozart, where right. it sounds like just Mozart's music. This sounds very woodwind quintet mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, so that last ensemble that played the Mozart um, was the Royal Concertgebouw Orchestra. And this, I thought, was interesting to mention just because last time in the brass... Uh, quintet episode we talked about how those ensembles were formed basically just from players in an orchestra Mm -hmm. so a lot of the uh, performers we're going to listen to today are members of orchestras of like the same orchestra usually right so basically the ensemble that just played the grand partita by mozart is just the woodwind section of the royal concertgebouw orchestra Mm -hmm. so and the bass player and the bass player (laughs) yeah um so yeah, this next ensemble is the Berlin Philharmonic Woodwind Quintet. Mm-hmm. And um, this one was where I really started to realize how virtuosic and yeah. like soloistic they have to be mm-hmm. to play in these um, quintets. Each of these players individually is like stellar. Yeah, they sound <laughs> like, really wow. awesome. Um, so that's really fun. Well, it's the same way with uh, with string quartet. Yeah. If you listen to any of those individual players from that other episode, they all sound, they're monsters. That's true. They all sound really good. But you you hear more of a blend in string quartet like we were talking right. about. And in this one, you in a woodwind quintet, you can actually hear each individual instrument. Yeah, um, yeah you're right. So that's pretty cool. So let's listen to the Berlin Phil Quintet. And uh, they're playing the Carl Nielsen woodwind quintet. Mm-hmm. So that was the opening of the third movement. So mm-hmm. this piece is split into three movements, and uh, the third movement is what we call a theme and variations. Mm-hmm. So that was the theme, and now uh, the composer Nielsen is going to take that theme and uh, write variations it. on it. So uh, it's pretty self-explanatory, <laughs> but I think that theme is just really beautiful. It's uh, mm-hmm. very reminiscent of the uh, chorale style we were talking about in Bach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And it's interesting hearing writing something, or a composer who writes something in unison for all of these mm-hmm. woodwind instruments, or at least mostly unison. The, the I mean, rhythm it's, is mostly The, the rhythm is unison, unison, at least, and then it's it's a very simple chorale style. Yeah. Um, you can still hear 
the difference between all of the instruments. The only one I couldn't really pick out was the clarinet, mm-hmm. um, just probably because of its more mellow tone. Yeah, clarinet's really good at blending. It's really good at blending, and it probably blends with that French horn pretty nicely. Yeah. Um, but you can really hear when the bassoon it becomes a little bit of a stronger character, and when the oboe comes out, you're like, whoa, that's an oboe. Right, yeah. It's definitely different from the flute. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. So it's, let's not just, it's not just higher and lower. Right. It's a different timbre. Yeah. Definitely. So let's listen to the um, variation now. This is the second variation. definitely more virtuosic yeah that's pretty fun yeah. especially with that flute mm-hmm. um yeah one one thing i think is really cool uh is that we we're talking about the french horn and how it doesn't necessarily you wouldn't think it belongs in this ensemble mm-hmm. but if you're listening to uh that little snippet of the the piece it's such a delicate french horn playing it mm-hmm. really uh, he does a really great job of blending with the ensemble yeah for sure um nielsen was also he's super liked by the woodwinds um, because he (laughs) loved them right back um he was supposed to write a concerto for each of them but he died before he could actually finish all of them but you can really hear that in even this piece that he really treated them like um virtuosic soloists yeah um you hear that he enjoys each different wood instrument woodwind instrument yeah if you listen to this whole piece you can really uh you can almost imagine what the the concertos he was going to write for the others would have sounded like. Yeah, definitely. It's a pretty cute piece. Yeah, it's really nice. Big fan. I love theme and variations. Yeah, very fun. Simple. They're usually kind of funny. Mm -hmm. All right, so the next piece we're going to listen to is by Samuel Barber, who's an American composer. We love Barber. So good. He was just fantastic. He hits you in all the feels. He, yeah, totally. He's got some great music. Great yeah. cello pieces, too, if you mm-hmm. want to look that up, even though this is just, this is a woodwind ensemble. Yeah, okay. Piece. Let's stick to or, the woodwinds, Jordan. Yeah, sorry. All right, so uh, the piece we want to talk about for Woodwind Quintet today is his piece mm-hmm. called Summer Music. Mm-hmm. And this piece has a very interesting history because it was commissioned by the Detroit Chamber Music Society. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was kind of the first, like, crowd-funded commission. So the... Um, the composer, Barber, he took a much lower fee uh, to write the piece. Mm-hmm. Um, some composers do actually charge money to right. write pieces. <laughs> so he As accepted, they should. Yeah, definitely. Right. As, so he accepted a much lower fee um, with the understanding that he would accept donations at the premiere. Mm-hmm. Um, so he kind of hoped that this would inspire up-and-coming composers to uh, write more music. Well, it's an interesting idea also to have, um, rather than like one patron of the music of the arts, Mm -hmm. which is also like really wonderful, um, instead having um, smaller donations. It's kind of like the um, Bernie Sanders campaign. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Lots of small donations that add up Mm -hmm. so that you get music that 
everyone really likes. Yeah, it's for the community. It's not just one person being like, I like this music, so I will buy it. Right. Not to get political or anything. Um, (laughs) I just thought that was a good comparison. Um, Uh But yeah, that's what he was really interested in. And I think he wanted more composers to kind of take on that style of um, commissioning their works in a way where um, there was... I guess the main patron mm-hmm. that gave them their base um, salary for it. Yeah. But then it's um, with the expectation that there will be a, many more small donations towards that piece. So I yeah. think that's a pretty cool idea. I think so too. It, it brings a community into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's really cool. Yeah. So another interesting thing about this piece is that uh, Barbara wrote it for the Detroit Woodwind Quintet, mm-hmm. right? But... Um, the woodwind quintet that he was more familiar with was the New York Philharmonic's woodwind quintet. So right. he actually wrote the piece kind of with them in mind. Right. So it was premiered in Detroit, but then the New York Phil took the music and like went on tour with it. And, yeah, played it right after. Yeah, well, because he wrote it with them in mind. So yeah. it was, uh, he wrote all the things that he knew they were good at. And mm-hmm. um, it really just, matched their personalities a lot yeah more. and since this is kind of a more virtuosic style of writing music um each of the parts is difficult on its own mm-hmm. um it really does make a difference who you write it for because yeah. each virtuoso has different um strengths, strengths and weaknesses yeah. definitely um, but this piece is pretty cool. It's called Summer Music, but it really it doesn't really remind me of summer very much. It's, it's kind of sad. Well, it's not actually supposed to be programmatic. It's not supposed to actually um, be about summer. Mm-hmm. But he Barber said that it was supposed to evoke feelings of summer. Right. And feelings of, like, Just relaxation like and the same ease. Um, people have compared it to kind of like a Gershwin-y... It definitely feeling. does have a, a Gershwin kind of feel to it. It it kind of sounds like a mixture of Gershwin and like cloudiness to me, <laughs> which really does not bring summer to my brain. Summertime and minor. Um, it's definitely um, kind of lower energy. So if he was going for the relaxing kind mm-hmm. of feeling, I could see that, you know, yeah. like take a break, listen to some barber, uh-huh. <laughs> hang out. Yeah. yeah. If you're alone with your thoughts for too long, yeah. it's very quiet. Right. It gets a little dark and Yeah, gloomy. you get ready for fall to start, school to begin. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's listen to that. Um, this, is, um, this is the opening. This is the opening of Summer Music by Samuel Barber, and this is the Berlin Counterpoint Group playing. Let's check them out. Thank you. 
So I guess it gets kind of summery towards that. That part sounds more summery to me. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, and cute. Mm-hmm. But also I think it's it's interesting listening to this one as opposed to the Nielsen quintet because that one, um, the Nielsen seemed to be a little bit more based off of the flute player. And in yeah. the Barber, it's very based off of the oboe, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of um, interesting because the hierarchy, like there isn't really a hierarchy here. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you play like in a string quartet, it's very typical for the first violin to have the melody. Yeah. Um, but in this, in a woodwind quintet, it's kind of just up to the composer. Yeah. Well, I feel like in the orchestra where the woodwinds kind of get their hierarchy, mm-hmm. um, like the principal oboe is kind of considered. The yeah, they're kind of considered the concertmaster of the wind mm-hmm. instruments. They give the tuning A, that A that you hear at the uh-huh. beginning of. Yeah, so uh, everybody concerts. tunes to match the oboe. Right. So it's kind of like they're the de facto leader. Mm-hmm. Of, Supposedly tunes. Yeah, if they play in tune, <laughs> which doesn't always happen. <laughs> um, but also the principal flute and the principal clarinet, there are lots of solos in the orchestra for them. Mm-hmm. So as we're going to talk about in a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's not really a, a clear leader in the woodwind quintet always. Yeah. Well, it... Depends on the piece, at least. Right. Um, this one, it seems like the clear leader is the um, oboe, but it's not the case for every piece. Right. Um, and in this next piece, we want to play for you um, the Ligeti Six Bagatelles. Um, the bassoon kind of takes over. The bassoon kind of takes over. And it. if you watch the video, this um, ensemble, the carry-on ensemble, it's this Danish um, quintet. They um, play without music, and they, like, turn around and look at each other and, like, really... The camera work shows where the melody is and yeah, what's it's going a really on. Cool video. It's really interesting to watch, um, and it helps a lot with understanding the piece a little bit better. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Georgi Ligeti uh, was a Hungarian composer, and he was really heavily influenced by Bartok and Stravinsky. Mm-hmm. So, we talked about Bartok a little bit in the string quartet episode mm-hmm. with the Bartok pits. Yeah, the boink. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so Bartok was really into um, experimental pushing the boundaries of, mm-hmm. of music and doing new creative things. And mm-hmm. Ligeti also did that. So he wrote yeah. a piece called um, Musica Ricercata. And this was a cycle of piano pieces, uh, just a bunch of piano pieces. Um, and it actually was really hard for him to find someone to perform the piece because it was considered too experimental. <laughs> Which is kind of interesting uh, when you think about that Bartok and Stravinsky came before him. Yeah. Uh, that they were okay with that, but they weren't okay with Ligeti. So, I don't know. But eventually it got um, it got to the point where he wanted someone to perform it. So, he arranged six of the pieces for Woodwind Quintet mm-hmm. and uh, put them together into the six bagatelles. These are pretty fun. Yeah, and they're really cool pieces. And mm-hmm. once they uh, got performed by the Stockholm woodwind quintet mm-hmm. uh they they really took off and now they're a, a pretty big a staple. staple a staple in the woodwind quintet repertoire yeah. so if you don't know them already you will now you will yeah so let's listen to this first bagatelle performed by the carry on or just carry on 
performed by Carry On. Yeah. Yeah. bassoon has the last word yeah and bassoon is such a cool instrument it's uh Mm -hmm. so interesting it's so it's so different from like any any other instrument yeah definitely go liggety i'm a fan of liggety (laughs) um yeah that piece is so fun it's like your eyebrows are going nuts yeah it's like somebody's over there and then somebody's over there and if you watch the video uh there's that one part with um where the clarinetist kind of like sneaks up on the The flute flute player and he He's like right behind uh, the flute player, and then he just like he's like booty boot. Yeah, he plays like, like a little thing. Yeah, yeah, that's a pretty fun piece. That mm-hmm. that makes me like excited. Yeah, I start to like move my hands uh-huh. a lot. <laughs> Jazz hands. <laughs> Jazz hands. Um, so to finish out the episode on woodwind music, we're going to listen to Rimsky Korsakov's Scheherazade, mm-hmm. and the reason we're listening to this is because. He utilizes the woodwind instruments in a very soloistic way. Mm-hmm. So this isn't um, necessarily the uh, anywhere near the only piece with woodwind no, solos. No, definitely in it. not. Almost, almost every piece almost has every, woodwind solos in it. Every uh, big symphonic piece for orchestra has woodwind solos in it. Mm-hmm. But this is a really obvious uh, kind of flourishing uh, method of writing for the woodwind instruments. So we're going to listen mm-hmm. to uh, first off the bassoon. And then the clarinet mm-hmm. solos from uh, Scheherazade, performed by the Vienna Philharmonic and Valery Gergiev. So that's a bassoon, mm-hmm. and that's just a, a good example of how the bassoon can, can play really, really fast. Play really fast, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is an interesting piece, for yeah, sure. definitely. Um, and it's cool that you can hear um, there's this solo, and then the same solo comes back in lots of different instruments. Mm-hmm. So you really hear um, 
the different sounds that each instrument can make yeah. um, and yeah. how they can play virtuosically um, with the same actual like music. Yeah. 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 Let's listen to how the clarinet plays it. Okay. clarinets are cool i agree i feel like clarinets i really like them because when they go like way too hard it cracks yeah you yeah. know so i feel like they're always like right on the verge like mm-hmm. the really good ones they're like i'm gonna push it until it's about to burst but i'm not gonna let it burst yeah and you're just like yeah so uh-huh. when they play like really high and stuff you're just like wow yeah so cool yeah because if they push it over that limit it, it just, just squawks it's like yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then it's kind of cool when it squawks too sometimes, you know. Mhm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cool. Yeah, this is a a cool way of depicting the story of Shahrazad cuz Shahrazad is supposed to be like a woman who's telling a bunch of stories. Mm-hmm. So each instrument is a different story. Well, yeah, right, it's a different uh version of the story maybe. Mm. You know. The same story but but told differently. Right. Totally. I think that's a way better. That's Totes. a way better idea. Yeah, I like that <laughs> one. Um, yeah. So that's all we got. For I feel convinced. Woodwinds. Yeah. yeah. I'm. Con- uh, yeah. I remember uh, in fourth grade, I tried to play the clarinet and it tickled my tongue. So that's why I didn't play it. <laughs> I tried to play the oboe and it hurt my head so bad. Yeah. That I could, I don't even think I got a note out. There's a lot of back pressure. It's with a oboe. lot of pressure. Yeah. I don't know, like ow. Oh. I don't know how they do that. And they do it for so long, too. Yeah, yeah. Even just the tuning, I'm like, ow. Yeah. You know, the... I pass out. I heard that the the oboe player who premiered the Strauss oboe concerto mm-hmm. died after he played it. He played <laughs> it, and then he died. Wow. So hard. I mean, I, I probably would die, too. <laughs> That's a lot of pressure. Like, my head would just explode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well... Um, we hope that your head doesn't explode when you listen to these pieces. <laughs> um, it certainly is not like that for us. No, we like it. Yeah. No, I think um, I've learned a lot from figuring out um, more about these pieces and hearing yeah. what the woodwind players themselves are really interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, I mean, it's so much easier to get into music when you've played it. Right. I yeah. always find when I have played a piece in orchestra... I listen to it again after I've performed it. It's always such a enriching you understand experience. more about yeah. it. Yeah, so definitely. Not having the opportunity to play any of these woodwind pieces, it was a lot. It's harder hard to, to get into it or to find the right ones. Yeah. So um, hopefully this was a good mix of woodwind uh, pieces. Yeah. So if you're following our YouTube playlist, I hope you listen to. Uh, listen to the pieces that you like in full. Yeah, and definitely watch if you can, because um, especially in that um, 
Ligeti, you can really see like what's going on yeah, visually. The interplay between the instruments. Right. Yeah. Um, and it, I think it helps a lot. Definitely. To understand the piece a little bit more. Yeah. So yeah, go check out the woodwinds. They rock. Mm-hmm. We're fans. Go yeah. woodwinds. Cello's still the best. <laughs> Thanks for listening to today's episode of Class Half Full. We hope it was both enjoyable and educational and that you will subscribe and like us on Instagram and Facebook. If you're interested in diving deeper into the contents of today's episode or have any questions, please also feel encouraged to reach out via reviews, email, or social media. All of the links are in the description. Shout out to Brett Copeland and Julie Gunn for playing tuba and piano with us in our theme song. And special thanks to Brett for writing the music and mastering the track. We hope you'll join us again next week here on Class Half Full, as there's always more music to explore and enjoy.